Hi everyone and welcome to the Fantasy Football Pals podcast brought to you live on Twitch every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Your host, Nick Gittins, Marty Kepler, Nick Lippert, and Matt Bolden. Howdy. And Michael Chobby, our fearless leader. Thank you. Michael, Michael freaking Chobby. Okay, captain, my captain. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, got a great show for you tonight. Uh, real quick, we are going to go on Spotify this week. Hopefully, 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 hopefully. Um, who we are, what we do. We are Fantasy Football Podcast, five longtime friends from Northeast Ohio, streaming live on Twitch to answer your guys' questions. Uh, come on through. It's twitch.tv backslash fantasy football pals. We're again live every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We take sit star questions, waiver wire questions, trade questions. We take all kinds of questions. Tips, advice. We hang out. We have a good time. Feel free to come through anytime, but of course, our broadcast will be on Spotify. We also have an Instagram, at Pals Fantasy Football. Feel free to DM us any questions as well. And I think that's about it. Hopefully, you guys get to know us a little bit better as we go through these podcasts. Again, this will be the first one on Spotify. I don't know how Spotify podcasts work, but I'm sure there's a follow button, so hit that follow button. Smash it. Smash it. All right. We are experts at giving non-expert advice. <laughs> I could have said it better myself. And so with that, I think we will kick it off uh, to Marty with the news. Dun, dun, dun. Marty with the news! Dun, dun. What an interesting week in fantasy sports. A very terrible, terrible week. In terms of injuries, a lot of people were hurt this week. Honestly, it was just an absolute nightmare. A lot of high name, big names out there. We'll start with the biggest one. Juan Barkley, rest in peace, torn ACL, out for the season. Horrible, very sad to hear. He was a lot of people's first pick. That's a tough one to recover from. Uh, of course, we wish everyone on this list that I'm going to be going over a very speedy recovery. Hate to see anyone that gets injured, but very tough. So, next on the list, also with the torn ACL injury, Cortland Sutton off the Denver Broncos. Another tough loss. Right on to another big name. I'm just kidding. There's so many people... I'm kind of just running through him. Christian McCaffrey, hurt ankle. He's going to be out probably four to six weeks. Paris Campbell, PCL. Marshawn is indefinitely. I mean, Drew Locke, shoulder injury, out for several weeks. Raheem Mostert, sprained MCL, possibly only this week. Jimmy Garoppolo, working week to week with only an ankle. Keep an eye on him. There's a chance does play this week, but I would not bet money on it. And if he does play, be cautious at starting him. Rashad Perriman, injured the ankle, looking week to week. Those are the big names in terms of injuries that are looking to be out this week. I don't know if you guys want to touch up on 
those. Um, I'm going to get into some of the good news a little bit later on, people returning from injury, but I don't know if you guys want to touch up upon all of those all those that were lost this week. Well, I think Matt had the biggest loss out of all of us, so Matthew, do you have any... Uh, we're all sending you condolences. <clears throat> not really, any, but... I'm not at all. I'm going to write, gonna write sick one back with eulogy. Yeah. Um, no, it's a bummer. Especially if, I mean, I'd, I'd say for all Saquon owners in general, just based on, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people would say this might be the RB1 this year that got absolutely demolished in week one. And I've, I've never seen a running back have to work harder for 12 points. I swear the man had to hurdle someone every single time he got past the, got past the line of scrimmage. But, um, no, man, this sucks. I mean, that, that, this is, it's prime time talent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, very good defense. Um, it, it, it's a tough, it's a tough spot to be. I mean, especially based on how you drafted this. I mean, this is a situation where if you if you went Saquon and two receivers, you really could be looking like you could really be staring down the barrel of something bad. But I mean, you gotta you gotta gotta react. You gotta move forward. But there's some there's some waiver wire pickups. There's some. Yeah. There's 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 some there's some waiver wire pickups that we'll touch on earlier Devontae Freeman things like that but it's uh it's troubling Christian McCaffrey very troubling Nick before you go on or Matt, before you go on to Christian McCaffrey I was going to touch up upon that Devontae Freeman did just sign a one year three million dollar deal with the Giants um obviously he's going to be replacing. For those listening on Spotify, I put that in air quotes, replacing Saquon Barkley, um, because he should be coming into being the lead. That you would think he'd be coming in to take the lead role at running back for the Giants. None of us expect, I believe, him to do anything what Saquon can do. Um, but if you already do own him, I mean, you or if you. We're a Saquon owner. I would definitely be working towards Devontae Freeman to help fill that gap. Um, all right, Matt, you can go on to CMC. I kind of just want to throw that in there. How does this, really quick, how does this make you guys feel about the Giants' offense as a whole? Because this makes me – I mean, this really – don't get me wrong. I think I think Devontae Freeman – you're not going to pay Devontae Freeman $3 million bucks to do nothing. But, like, does this take – is this going to really put a – is this really going to make – Put a lot more pressure on Daniel Jones to probably, which can then look look to be like an underperformance, and some of these receivers. Like, what do you guys think, really quick, on that? I'm all well, as out. A, go ahead, Jeff. Not all the way out. Um, I there's with no run threat, uh, no real run threat, and a offensive line that looks like they've struggled so far this year. A turnover prone quarterback. I mean, they're going to be guys that score on that offense because there has to be people that score on an offense. Um, so maybe a Darius Slayton with some deep shots. Um, and maybe the, the game script is going to be solid for Daniel Jones because I think they're going to be down a bunch, which means they're going to have to throw a ton. But I, I just have not seen anything good come out of that offense so far this year, and I'm pretty much out on all their players. Yeah, as a Darius Slayton owner, I, I would say that I'm probably um, – you know, I, I'm in a good spot, and Marty, you can touch on this too. You have Evan Ingram. I think we've seen with bad offenses in the past that 
it does affect the quarterback, you know, in terms of fantasy value. But if you still have the number one receiving threat or even the number one or two receiving threat on a bad offense, this is still the NFL, guys. They throw the ball like freaking crazy. So as a Darius Slayton owner, especially with Sterling Shepard going down last week as well, I think Darius Slayton and Evan Ingram are still very much viable fantasy assets on that offense, despite the fact that, like, pretty much everybody else is going to be off it. Yeah, Sterling Shepard going down with a turf toe injury. Yeah, yeah, I think, Matt, just to touch on how you said uh, Saquon Barkley had to work extremely hard for those 12 points, I, I can't imagine Devontae Freeman coming in and being able to score even half of those 12 points because I agree with you. They were the hardest 12 points I've ever seen. So um, I think I'm totally – I would totally be out on, on that running game completely. I think, they're, like you said, the offensive line is bad. Devontae Freeman hasn't had a, a – um, off-season training camp. Uh, he's going to come in, and he's going to take a couple weeks. He might be a, a flex play you see maybe later in the season. Um, but I don't. I, I think sometimes people get caught up in, oh, CMC or Saquon goes down, I'm going to pick up the next guy up, and it's going to be great. Uh, you know, Boston Scott walking 20, Miles Sanders goes out. It's not the case. Um, <laughs> so I, I think people should temper their expectations. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a good point, Matt. I think it's also – much more likely that New York implements a committee backfield than it is for Devontae Freeman to actually become a future back. Yeah. 100%. All right, Marty, what's next? All right. So moving on to a little bit of the good news. Um, the initial one, like I already mentioned earlier, Devontae Freeman going to the Giants on a one-year $3 million deal. Chris Godwin cleared concussion protocol. Very good for Chris Godwin owners. Got to be excited to hear that. Kenny Galladay was, from what reports were saying, was close to playing last week. Um, and they're saying should be able to play this week. I would still be a little cautious with him. It is a hamstring injury. Those things have been known to kind of nag and linger on a little bit. But he should be clear to play this week. Devontae Adams did miss part of the game last week. Um, from the reports that I heard, it was a little more on the precautionary side. Um, still definitely something to monitor though, as the week, as the game comes a little bit closer, make sure that he is still playing. Um, keep reading those reports, check up on it. Um, in case he does miss some time, which I, the way they made it sound, it's not like it's something very serious, but might only be a game, but Definitely keep an eye out on it. Um, Cam Akers uh, missed the game last week due to a rib injury. What I'm hearing, he should be okay going into this week. He should be at least playing. I don't know if I would start him necessarily on my roster, um, but he should be coming back. And Blake Bortles signing to that. <laughs> now, I don't think he's going to be starting, but... But it is something that is fantasy relevant. He's going to good. Thrown around, but please. He did. He's <laughs> really good. Yeah, he looks fine. It was good. Against this defense? <laughs> Come on. Shoot. He's confident. He looked better than he did in Cincinnati all last year, but goodness gracious. I'm going to talk about Jeff Driscoll in a little bit, so, um, you know, get ready for that. <laughs> Okay, 
Let's go ahead and throw the news, though. Well, Marty, what about uh, what about Tyrod Taylor getting sabotaged by his own? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. How could I forget? So, in case you guys have not been too involved with any form of social media, any type of news, or anything, and we're been living Where their news, Marty? Where their news? <laughs> okay. Um, it appeared that. And during the pregame, Tyrod Taylor was going to get an injection to help relieve some rib pain when the doctor accidentally pierced his lung with the syringe. <laughs> and due to that, was not able to play the game. Hence, Herbert's making, getting the start. Now, if you're... <laughs> this was quite a shock to all of us. Honestly, it was a shock when... We heard Herbert was getting the start. We're like, wow, okay, that's pretty quick to, you know, switch off Tyrod Taylor, but Tyrod Taylor didn't have that great of performance week one. And honestly, Herbert looked pretty, you know, he held up his own against the defending champions, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So, like, wow, okay, this really, you know, makes it seem like they know what they're doing. They got, they went out, they got their guy, and it's looking good. And then we hear that news. <laughs> And turns out, wow, a very uh, cr- uh, crazy medical. It's a unique mistake. way to sit out a game. Yeah. It's, can you imagine being Tyrod Taylor? The real question is how much did Herbert pay that trainer? First, <laughs> Tyrod Taylor's long. No, no, I, I, I do feel bad for Tyrod Taylor though, man. He was, he was here in, in Cleveland, and, and uh, <clears throat> you know, he got taken over by Baker Mayfield because of he got a concussion, I believe, and then, you know, he goes to, he gets backup, uh, he becomes a backup, looks good, you know, makes his money, goes to the Los Angeles, and then this happens. So it, it's tough for him, you know, feel bad for him. But I do agree, Justin Herbert did look really good, uh, and I think as if you're an Austin Eckler owner, I uh, I saw a stat where uh, Austin Eckler, uh, I, I believe it was a check down of the running back percent, and uh, Tyrod Taylor did it 17% time, 17% of the time, and Justin Herbert did it 36% of the time. So that's a drastic increase, and and um, you know, I, and I, Austin Eckler did have a w- much better week too. So it's interesting as an Austin Eckler as an Austin Eckler owner, I think you should monitor that situation. Yeah. Very good. Cool. All right. Um, do we That's all I That's all you got, Mark? All I have for this. All right. Do we want to play a game? Yes, yes we do. Let's play a Let's game. Let's play a game. Should I be drinking this whole time, Michael, or what's the deal here? <sighs> Drew, you might you know what the game. You must know what the game is. You might need my friend. No, actually, I didn't tell Drew the game, but I did allude to him the game because he does own this player in our Dynasty League, and the player we're going to be talking about is Joe Mixon. I know, I faked you guys out. I know. I thought, you know, I tried to fake you guys out. Julio Jones, no. Joe Mixon. All right. This game is titled Snap Count Percent, so percent that a running back is on the field for the play, of Joe Mixon versus these notable running backs, okay? So basically, it's really easy. Just guess who has the higher percentage of snaps in week two. Okay, we're only dealing with week two here. And if you're in the chat, feel free to play along as well. Okay, ready? 
Nick Chubb or Joe Mixon? Joe Mixon. Mixon. I feel like it's Mixon. That's it's actually gotta be it's, got, it's, it's gotta be Mixon. It's, it's Nick Chubb at sixty-two percent. And I How? the fun of this game will actually be that I'm not gonna tell you Joe Mixon's snap count percent until the very end. Okay. Wow. That's fascinating. They dropped a fifty bomb on them. Oh, oh, Matt, it gets it gets that. You think that's fascinating? You're in for a ride, my friend. Uh, <laughs> wow, right. wow, wow! All right, Jonathan so, Taylor Joe was on the field for lower than sixty-two percent of the time. Jonathan Taylor or Joe Mixon? <sighs> Taylor, definitely Jonathan Taylor. Taylor was on like, Mixon. Mixon. No, it was Jonathan Taylor. Sixty-seven uh, yeah. percent. Okay. So, <laughs> they fed JT the ball. Yeah, they like did. every play. He looked really good this week. Um, okay, here's an interesting one. James Robinson, who, you know, running back by committee, right? Robinson. Nixon. I'm going to keep doing it. You have to throw Robinson. It is Robinson at 51%. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Drew, <laughs> yeah. Drew it gets bad. All right, ready? Oh, Skeet, Skeet is, your, is your new nickname uh, the Scottish Hammer? <laughs> All right, ready? Uh, Hunt. All right, ready? Uh, C-E-H or Joe Mixon? That's Mason, right? No, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. Matt? Mixon. It's C-E-H at 62%. Oh, wow. Okay, uh, Austin Eckler. Mixon. I'm, gonna, I'm taking it to the grave, Mixon. It's got to somewhere. Be. Somewhere. It has to be. All right. It's Austin Eckler at 57%. <laughs> All right. Here's an interesting one. Joshua yeah. Joshua Kelly. Oh. <laughs> the backup was running Eckler, back. Was, what was Eckler's? So, so, Marty, in case you missed it. So, Austin Eckler, 57% higher than Joe Mixon. Uh, so, so, is Joe Mixon higher than 43%? Um... He's gotta be, dude. If he's not, it has to be, right? Okay, so uh, I'm gonna do, um, I'll first want to pick him, Mixon. Wait, no, 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 because they can have two running backs on the field at the same time. <laughs> Marty, you are understanding they, they, they... how this game works. Yes. Oh no! Okay. Joshua Kelly. Joshua Kelly played in 52 percent of the snaps more than Joe <laughs> Mixon this week. Joshua Kelly, a crap rookie running back. Okay. Um, wow. Josh Jacobs, I'm going to save you guys the breath. It's Josh Jacobs, 66%. All right, here's an interesting one. Uh, Miles Gaskin, who's Ooh. a running back by committee in Miami. Jordan Howard, Matt Breida. Ooh. It has. It's got to be Mixon. Is it Mixon? If it's not, you need to drop Mixon right now. <laughs> it's Miles Gaskin at 65%. <laughs> That was an outstanding number. I really that, I thought that was. Wow! Good. Here's a really Ooh, crazy sucks. one. Ready? Ready? Rex Burkhead, running back oh. by committee. It's Patriots. I'm gonna, oh. I'll fall over in my chair. I will. I will. <laughs> no, no, no you're gonna tell me it's Rex Burkhead. It's Rex no. Burkhead at seventy-one percent. <laughs> All right, here we go. Ready? Wow! Uh, Frank That's Gore. Tough. Frank Gore or Joe Mixon? Frank Gore. So Frank Gore is like, what, 27? Frank Gore is like, add on a decade. Matt, I love that. Hey, he's like, what, 23? 
Uh, it's Frank Gore at fifty-seven percent. Okay. Wait, was that his age or was there any starting running back in the league that had a better, had a worse percentage? Than Man, just keep playing along. It, it's it's gonna get. This is the longest game ever. With oh, no. yeah, this is getting old. It's the same really? answer every time. Ah. Not Joe Mixon. <laughs> I promise it'll be worth it. David Montgomery or Joe Mixon? Montgomery. Opportunity. Montgomery. Okay. Now we played this before. What about Tariq Cohen or Joe Mixon? No way. Is it Tariq Cohen? We signed him a lot. Is it Tariq Cohen? It's Mixon. Good job, Mark. Hey! You didn't fall for that one. Tariq Cohen, only 32%. Here is the most outstanding number. Ready? Aaron Jones or Joe Mixon? No. Well, because it's outstanding, I'm going to go with Mixon. Mixon. You'd think it would be Jones. It, you would think it's Aaron Jones, but it's actually Joe Mixon. Aaron Jones, 48% snap share. He scored, you know 40, have, like... he scored 45 fantasy points on 48% snap share. The man is efficient. You know he had like, like 23 touches or something, right? Yeah, but he splits it with Jamal Williams and he splits it with um, uh, no, that yeah, that's my point. Is like he did all that on only twenty three touches, which well, is outstanding. Their, their offense is yeah. always on the field because they, you know, they're insane. Okay. Um. What about uh, Chris Carson? Carson. Carlos Hyde, running back by committee, right? Carson. It is Chris Carson, sixty three percent. All right, we're in, we're in the home wow. stretch here. Last two. Kyle. Use check. It doesn't count. It was like ninety percent use check. Yeah, we can't. We can't use that one. Well, is the is the fullback for Forty uh, ers Okay, well, yeah, you get some carries. You would have been wrong. It was Joe Mixon, Cal Uchek, forty eight percent. And last wow. but not least, Antonio Gibson, rookie for the Washington Football Team. Gibson, 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 Gibson is right, sixty five percent. Long-winded game. Hopefully everyone had fun. But Joe Mixon only played 50%. I didn't have fun, Michael. <laughs> Joe Mixon only played 50% of snaps in week two. In week one, Joe Mixon played 59%. So 59% would be lower than a lot of the guys I mentioned anyways. And that really hurt my soul. Why? Wow. You know, the, the, the point is, is Joe Burrow threw 61 times last week. I, I don't think that's going to be replicated uh, – Maybe maybe not again this season, but I do see that Joe Burrow will probably throw for 50 times, at least once or twice more this season. You know, it's his team, Joey Burrow. They, they're giving him the keys. They're letting him run that offense, and they want him to pass the ball. And the reason that it and, – and when that happens, Giovanni Bernard comes in and takes a lot of that snap share that we – you know, that that I alluded to. So it, it's interesting. I don't really have a point besides that if you're a Joe Mixon well, owner – uh, he's Do you just, buy, sell, or hold Joe Mixon right now? Well, and th- that's my point. So I just don't think that Joe Mixon is a factor in Zach T- Taylor's offense. I, I think even last season he wasn't, and then Zach Taylor was like, oh, I have this running back I need to get involved, and they did. I, I, just, don't, I just don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know how Zach Taylor thinks that he's using Joe Mixon. It's not the right way. It, fantasy owners know this by his production. They can see it with the snap counts. It's it's really a mess if you're a Joe Mixon owner because they paid him all this money, but they're really not utilizing him. You guys have you have guys yeah. like Antonio Gibson, 
um, you know, Miles Gaskin, who are seeing significantly more snap count percentages. So it's just a weird, it's just a weird mess. I honestly think that if you own Joe Mixon, you just have to hold and you have to wait because I don't think anyone's going to pay the value that you drafted him for. Joe Mixon's a forever hold. And in my personal opinion, if he does have a couple games that he that he does go off, I personally would try to sell him, but that's just me. Now, is there a price in the redraft that you just jump ship? Oh, like, I, I understand in Dynasty why you'd want to hold, but like you're not going to drop him. No, you're not going to drop him. But like, is there is there some form of a trade in every league? I did it last year, where someone would where someone would make an offer for Joe Mixon. It's like another another bigger name, usually a receiver. Not playing too hot. Last year, it was like a Stefan Diggs kind of guy that you were like, oh, like someone offered me him for Mixon. I'd kind of be like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. You know, like I understand I'm, you drafted Mixon to probably be your running back two in most instances, maybe even your running back one if that's the case. Like, he was a second round pick, wasn't he? Yeah. Matt, he was a second round. Matt, are you saying like a buy low candidate for a wide receiver? And not even a buy low, but like there's someone in every league. Like it's it's like there's despite us be despite it being wrong the way it looks right now, like there's always gonna be someone that thinks, okay, well maybe there's a world where he rebounds and there's a there's a place where he plays the Cle- plays a bunch of Cleveland Browns and runs for 150 yards about three, four times this year. And you could buy on that where it's a little bit lower. But at the same time, like do you take that? Like where like where where do you where do you sit with that? I'm not buying him. I would jump. I mean, if it's redraft, I'd jump. Yeah, I would not be buying him if, if you're saying that, but I would try to be the person selling him. I, I would not be buying any shares, hoping that he rebounds. As a, yeah, I disagree, though. I think that's... Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Yeah. No, my bad, man. I, I was just going to say, I disagree, because if you're selling... If you drafted this man as a second-round pick. Usually, you're RB1 if, or RB2 at worst. If you try and sell him right now, you're going to get nowhere near that return on value. Conversely, you could buy him at a very low value right now, and potentially he does pop off again, he's and you just pick up yourself a solid RB2 with RB1 potentially. Nick, you know? Nick, Nick so he's, I, not, he's not going to because he's not seeing the field enough. Like it's, they're, it's they're Joey Burrow's two, team. Though. It's Joey Burrow's team. I get it, but they're 0-2. And they were bad last year, and they realized they were bad. And then towards the end of the year, they started relying on him more because they knew they realized what they were doing wasn't yeah, working. But who was All I'm saying is that could happen again. Maybe. Who was their co- quarterback this year? They have Joey Burrow as their co- quarterback. They're they're gonna want to uh, develop. Uh, yeah, they're gonna want to exactly. They're gonna develop. They're gonna want to put the ball in his hands fifty times. You know. Sure. I, I mean, I don't know. The, the you run into it. At the end of the last year, the Bengals relied heavily on Joe Mixon, and the argument that Joe Mixon make, would make, or a Joe Mixon owner would make at that time, was that, uh, oh, Zach Taylor finally figured out that this guy is super talented, and when you get the ball in his hands, great things happen. Or the flip side of that is they were playing Andy Dalton's backup, and who would you rather have touched the football? Andy Dalton's backup for Joe Mixon. And that's what I so, think happened. Yeah, so and now why would they pay the man? They paid the man. They gave him the bag. Yeah, I mean, Nick, I'm, I'm in your camp. Well spent right now. <laughs> I, I, I think Mixon, like I, I said earlier, Mixon's a forever hold to me. 
just because I don't think you're ever going to get the value that you need to return unless you're going to sell low. And I, I don't know how many fantasy owners are out there clamoring for Joe Mixon services. Like, I, I, I mean, at least in the dynasty league that we play in, I haven't seen – it's not like my door is being knocked down with offers for Joe Mixon. It's just not, not a thing. And then in redraft, I'm not going out and looking to acquire Joe Mixon, um, especially when I have people who are producing right now. So, although this is the week where people may actually be in that situation where they would like to pick up a guy like Joe Mixon with injuries to Saquon and CMC and Mostert, so you never know. Well, if you can sell them, sell them. That's my advice. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Enigma of Joe Mixon. That's going to be the title this week. All right. Uh, so, on. It's fascinating. Speaking of fascinating things. Another exciting edition of Michael's Action Line. Last week, last week we went two and zero, baby. Took the 49ers over the Jets. They destroyed them. Joey Burrow cleared plus six over the Browns. Last second touchdown, garbage time. Didn't matter, but it felt amazing. Go Browns! <laughs> but it felt amazing, Joey Burrow. Marcus, welcome to the shoot stream, buddy. All right. This week, my first pick, my first lock, first lock of the week, Los Angeles Rams plus two over the Buffalo Bills. I'm actually very surprised the Rams are underdogs in this matchup just because the Rams have beaten the Cowboys and the Eagles, even though the Eagles are 0-2. I I think those are two – I still think those are two really good teams. Uh, while the Bills have played the Jets and the Dolphins, I think we can all. I think hopefully everyone agree. Who watches football? There's a huge disparity um, between those two teams. So, and I understand. You know, you, you play who you play. It's you know, it doesn't. You know, you, the Bills can't help who they played so far. They've looked good. You know, I won't. I won't take anything away from them. Mm-hmm. But I still think that the Rams, being an underdog, even plus two underdog, just doesn't feel right in my opinion. I really think this this Rams offense is is back to its simple ways and it's back to where they were two years ago. And I really think that this this has they have a nice overall team. They have a nice defense. They paid Jalen Ramsey. And this will be the first test of this new Bills air it out offense. And I think Nick's gonna talk about Josh Allen a little bit later. Uh, but I do agree that this week he he's gonna face his toughest matchup uh the season so far. And I think because of that I think I give the edge to the Rams. I think they're going to win outright, so giving them an additional two points feels great. Rams plus two over the Buffalo Bills. Love it. Love it. I have no, no no complaints. Yeah, I'm in. No, I agree. All right. Michael, I think um... – Go ahead, Marty, sir. Oh, I'm good. That's all I have. Michael, Michael what do you actually – I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I think I misunderstood what your next action line was going to be. I think I, like, thought you meant the reverse, and that's what I was agreeing with you on earlier. So go ahead and take it away with your second action line, and we'll, we'll okay. discuss. Matt, do you have something to say? When are we going to actually start putting some money on these action lines? When I start, <laughs> <laughs> when I start winning consistently. Hey, <laughs> I for I'm going to pick a week where it's $10 buy-in every single week. you got to pick eight teams. I'll tell you what. I picked the Browns last, or I picked the Bengals to cover that six points. Nice. Thanks for the great advice from our fearless leader. 
and they did. Nice. Yeah, it was not- a hand deep in his pocket. Marty Kepler lives to see another week. No, I came in second. Marty, it's winner. Well, yeah, I hate to see that. Just for, just for reference, I am two and two on the season. Uh, the first week had a had a shaky start, but last week two and zero, two and two. Uh, hoping to make it four and two. And so my second lock of the week, take the Buccaneers minus six over the Broncos. We alluded to it earlier in the news segment. The Broncos did sign Blake Bortles, and I think that shows that this team did not have a backup plan to Drew Locke. Drew Locke was their only plan. They did not have a plan B. So with him being out, losing Cortland Sutton, they lost some key pieces on defense early in the season. I think the Buccaneers do take care of business. The only thing is you never know how that defense is going to handle itself. You saw with James Winston when he was there, and I think you've seen it so far this season that that defense sometimes will give up an absurd amount of points. But if if Jeff Driscoll is the quarterback, you would hope that the Buccaneers do take care of business. Tom Brady uh, walks away uh, as a win. They start the season two and one. I'm I'm hoping that the off the Denver Broncos offense struggles. Brady to be Brady, and I take in the Buccaneers minus six over the Denver Broncos this week. That's bold. That's it. That's Yeah, so I, I disagree with you, but I'm highlighting that game later, so we I, we can talk about that later. Unless you want to just get started with the highlights now. No, nope, no, nope. we have we have a system here, Nick. I know you've been here a couple and weeks. That's what I thought. We can we can hang, hang <laughs> yeah. tight then. All right, cool. All right, perfect. So that's that's my little segment. Um, and I think before we get on with the waiver wire pickups, we're gonna kick it to our Drew. With our sponsors. Yeah, thank you, Michael. This is a word from our sponsors here. Uh, this week's show is brought to you by the Sony PS5. The Sony PS5 ruining Michael's engagement ring fund since 2020. <laughs> it is also brought to you by Saquon Barkley's knee, uh, the uh, leading cause of fantasy football-related suicides this year. Uh, the final, finally, we're uh, also brought to you by Marty's seventh cup of coffee. Uh, Marty's seventh cup of coffee, guaranteed to ruin the work bathroom by noon. Uh, thank you very much, and back to you, Michael. Thank, thank you for that. Thank you for that. That was that was really great. That was really, that was really great. Oh um, man, perfect. Okay, so I think we'll get on with our waiver wire pickups. Who would like to go first? We each pick a waiver wire pickup. Uh, so whoever wants to start, feel free. I'll take it off. Okay. After you, Matt. After you. All right. Well, on the on the conversation line of Saquon Barkley's knees being about as bad as mine right now, my waiver wire pickup. Wait, Matt. You need to you need to give the audience more context there. Matt has torn both of his ACLs. For all those who don't know. Yes, I I, I have glass knees and. And I'm hoping knee replacements turn into an to an injection by the time I'm 45. The miracle <laughs> is walking. It truly is. I I, I looked like um, what was that? You, you imagine a horror movie with the, with my second knee with it just caving in. That's about what I looked like for about six months of my life. Wow, we went from but, no, de- no detail and no context to all that. All right. Great <laughs> I'm gonna have it. <laughs> Take it away, man. Take it away. All right. With that being said, I was on this a little bit early. Devonta Freeman signed a one-year deal, $3 million bucks with 
the New York football giants. Granted, I know Wayne Gallman's still there. I believe he's been a healthy scratch the past two weeks. Now, this is totally, this is absolutely going to be a running back by committee. But you could, you could sure to see this player kind of take the early down work. Realistically, he was, he's been a two time, two time pro bowler. Granted, that was in 2015 and 2016, two seasons with 11 touchdowns and 1,000 yards. Um, most notably last year, he had about 656 yards. And then 2017, he had 885. But nonetheless, somebody has to have the carries. This was a player that really had to like, – was, was, wasn't going to take the wrong deal in this free agency saga. And really, totally, I mean, not the $3 million boxes – Betting, betting on yourself, but you know it's, it's a nice contract based on what you think you might, what you might get. So, I mean, I, I don't think you're paying a running back three million dollars off the streets just to do nothing. I, and I really do see him being at least the the, the first and second down back, like first and second down back on this team. It's a, it's a healthy fill. It's not going to fill Saquon Barkley by any stretch of the matter, but it'll fill. It'll, it'll give you something to semi look forward to on your team. Yep, that's good, Matt. I like it. All right, Marty, you're next. All right. So with my waiver wire pickup of the week, I went with a tight end, Dalton Schultz, the tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Dalton went 9 for 10 for 88 yards and a touchdown last week, stepping into his new role as the lead tight end for Dallas. R.I.P. Blake Jarwin. Yeah, rest in pieces. Poor guy. Um... Obviously, this guy, it was his first game with that lead role, and I think it's going to be consistent throughout the year where Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup are taking away those top defenders and leaving Schultz with great opportunity in the middle of the field, dump-off passes from Dak. I expect him to be a pretty consistent start. He could be a very consistent start at tight end in just about every single week. And right now, according to ESPN, he's only owned in 1.8% of leagues. So if you need tight end help, there's your guy. I think for free. Yeah, he's there. For the most part, he's there. So... Go pick him up. Real quick, I would like to apologize to Dalton. Uh, Last week I did. Week one, he came in when Blake Jarwin was injured. He dry hit some passes. I said he was too big. The moment was too big for him, but it was okay. He did did play well last week. He bounced back well. Yes. Uh, All right, Nick, go ahead. So my wave wire pickup of the week, as we talked about earlier, Christian McCaffrey uh, out projected four to six weeks. Realistically, though, high ankle sprains, people usually come back after three weeks. But if you are Blake Jarwin, or not Blake Jarwin, sorry, I'm still haunted by his injury. Uh, if you are a Christian McCaffrey owner, it might be a good idea to pick up Mike Davis. He only had one rush for one yard last week, which was ugly. You don't like to see that under running back. But the man did have eight targets. I believe he caught all eight passes. My Wi-Fi is down right now, so I can't fact-check myself. So I'm kind of going off the cuff here. But I'm pretty sure he caught all eight of his targets. Um, Really, really high receiving ceiling. And um, 
with Christian McCaffrey out of the way, he is the projected man to step up and take those reps. So combine that already high receiving production with that inevitable rushing production that's going to come in the absence of Christian McCaffrey. He is a great fill-in. Don't go out there spending all your fab on him because he probably will only be valuable for three to five weeks. But uh, in those three to five weeks, he's, he's probably going to be doing pretty good. So, Nick, what, what would you spend your uh, fab on him? I guess you picked him up. Uh, right? Well, to be honest, I thought, I thought Matt was going to go out and drop a lot of money on him. I was expecting maybe 20 30%. Um, but I believe Cody picked him up for 11 right? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah so. which is pretty low. Yeah, I personally, if I was a Christian McCaffrey owner, I probably would have spent anywhere between twenty and twenty-five percent on him. Yeah, well, that is a little different too than redraft. Sure, yeah. yeah. a lot of times you don't have quite as much depth. So, being a Christian McCaffrey owner, you're going to want to spend that little bit extra because you're really you're down your number one running back. So you need that running back, that obvious running back help. So you're going to want to spend a little bit more in a redraft league than you want a dynasty league. Good point, Marty. Yeah, you're correct. Or if Absolutely. you're a Saquon owner. Yeah. And there's, yeah. there's running backs, uh, uh, Raheem Mostert owner. I mean, there's a lot of running backs dropping like flies right now. Um, any running right. back depth that you can have with any value is helpful. Or if you own both of them. Or if you own both of them. <laughs> All right, Drew. <laughs> yeah, my guy's uh, Russell Gage. Um Wide receiver three, I guess, technically, although it could be upgraded to wide receiver two uh, for the Atlanta Falcons this week if Julio can't go. Um, Some quick stats about Russell Gage. He's averaging over 10 targets a game right now, uh, which is obviously great volume for him. He's top 15 in receiving yards, uh, and he's currently averaging 18 fantasy points a game to start the season. That's the wide receiver 11 as of the recording of this video. Um, he seems to have picked up a lot of, like, the vacated targets left over by Austin Hooper last year. Um, and he was productive this last week, even with um, the expanded role and uh, emergence, I guess, of Hayden Hurst. Um, so with Julio hobbled and uh, other wide receivers kind of hobbled around the league, uh, see uh, uh, Devontae Adams as well, um, this is an excellent pickup to at least bridge the gap uh, and potentially provide flex value going forward. I like it. And yeah. quick, quick shout out to Russell Gage, our man. Hit us up on Instagram. Nah, but he did watch our story. Russell Gage, appreciate you. It's going to be on the He's down 27% of leagues right now, so go get him. Go go get hit this man. Seems like a nice guy. Seems like a real nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so my waiver wire pickup of the week is Keelan Cole. I don't really have much to say. Uh, he's more of a stream, in my opinion, this week. They're playing the Miami Dolphins uh, Thursday night. Could just could be fun, you know, if you want to have a Thursday night guy. Uh, the big thing I want to say about Keelan Cole is he's the wide receiver 17 right now in PPR. And I think he's basically what DJ Chark owners hoped uh, oh, hoped he would be. DJ Chark is, has not had a great start to the season. And Keelan Cole has really filled that DJ Chark role. He's looked great. I, I, I don't really know what's going on in that offense. I haven't watched uh, – I haven't been able to watch one of their games yet. But uh, Gardner Minshew has thrown uh, three touchdowns in each game. Keelan Cole has caught a touchdown in each one of those games. Uh, it, it just seems like an interesting dynamic. I think as DJ Chark owner, you have to hope that he becomes what Keelan Cole has been so far. 
but if you're looking for a streaming option against Miami Dolphins, it could be just fun as a flex play. He's only owned in 3.2% of the leagues, so it, it just could be interesting. Uh, I don't know his long-term value, but I uh, wanted to give him a shout-out. Wide receiver 17, man. you got to show him some love. Only 3% owned. Yeah, I like that a lot. So. Sure. Okay. Uh, start sits of the week. In the chat, if you have a start sit question, feel free to put it in there. We will answer them. Uh, also on Instagram, if you message us at Pals Fantasy Football, we do answer our Instagram. We get start sit questions all the time. Uh, we answer them as soon as possible. Here live, twitch.tv backslash fantasy football pals, live every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Marty. Get it started. Start sits. Let's go. My start of the week is Mike Justicki. Mike Justicki went 8 for 11 for 130 yards and one touchdown last week. Baller. And this week he is going <laughs> – this week he is playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Thursday night football who just gave up – 24.4 PPR points to Janu Smith. So, in the week before that, they gave up a total of 12 PPR points to Indianapolis tight end in week one. So, Jacksonville's been known to give up some points to the tight end. Obviously, Jasicki had a very monstrous week last week. I think he's in... If you got him, you start him. I mean, he's... I think he's primed. He has the defense he's going against. He had a great game last week. He has start this guy. Moving on to my sit of the week, Corey Davis only went three for five for 36 yards, one touchdown against, once again, a very mediocre Jacksonville defense last week. Um, they also had no A.J. Brown, so you would have thought he would have put up a much better week last week, but I mean, it was an okay week. It wasn't anything spectacular. But for me, with A.J. Brown coming back in, um, if you're questionable about him being a flex option, I would sit him this week. Done. Yeah. There it is. And, he, he you know, he's really the, the number three in targets behind Jonu, too. So, Jonu Smith owners, rejoice. You found him, baby. You found the top ten tight end. You did it. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Behind Mike. Michael, who you got, my friend? Uh, yeah, so this week I have my start is Nikhil Harry, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Patriots. So the Las Vegas Raiders have given up a lot of points to those bigger outside uh, wide receivers so far this, e uh, this year. So the matchup inherently is not a good one. Uh, for the Raiders, I mean. For Nikhil Harry, it's a great matchup. And also, I'm gonna the the game of the week I'm, I'm actually talking about is the Las Vegas Raiders and the New England Patriots. So I'll talk a little bit more about Nikhil Harry. But really, what I want to say is last week he got 12 targets. So that, that's an incredible amount. There's only four wide receivers that had more targets than him: Calvin Ridley, Stephon Diggs, uh, uh, and two other ones that I don't know because I don't have it up right now. Um, but yeah, so there, there's only four wide receivers. Oh, Deontay Johnson was the other one, and then one other guy. So there's only four receivers that had more targets than him, and, and he was the he was the only wide receiver to have 12 targets. So that, that's a significant amount, you know. So 
I think Cam Newton really started to trust Nikhil Harry a little bit more. And he's one of those guys that you might have gotten in the 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th round. So I think as a start player, I think he's really entering that category as a flex option. Especially when you're, if you're getting 12 targets, you know, it, that's, that's pretty significant. Uh, his yards after catch aren't exciting, and that's the reason Julian Edelman is still leading that team in, pass, in receiving. Uh, but I think he hasn't scored a touchdown yet, so that touchdown will come. I think it'll come this week. He's he's going to actually start on my fantasy football team as my flex. Big week, Nikhil Harry. Uh, so that's my start, and my sit of the week is T.Y. Hilton. I've been very, very disappointed in T.Y. Hilton's production. I saw a lot yes. of things in the offseason that saying, oh, the coach was uh, – we expect him to turn to uh, – 2018 TY, you know, top 15 receiver and all these things. And he's looked very, very bad. He's dropped a lot of passes. He actually dropped a 40-yard touchdown pass in the end zone last week. Would have won me my fantasy week. But no, T.Y. Hilton, his starting quarterback, is Phillip Rivers, who is the bane of all fantasy owners. Screw you, Phillip Rivers. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> Not that, if you have the running back on his team. <laughs> that, and, and that's a good point, Nick. Uh, my next point, John, that team is run first, first, and actually T.Y. Hilton, as far as receiver goes, he was the third uh, in snap count. Uh, so Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, is leading the snap count percentage of that team just because he's a better pass-blocking wide receiver. So there's a whole change of philosophy in the running game. T.Y. Hilton, I don't know if he's actually going to be able to be a viable flex option all year. The Colts are facing the Jets. They're going to go up big. They're going to run the ball. He, he's. It's not going to be a good matchup. Uh, that, that Jets secondary isn't a good one, but he. the passing volume isn't going to be there for him to be a flex. If he's your flex, it's going to be touchdown dependent, and I don't like the matchup, so he's my sit. Can I take, make one quick comment? Absolutely, Matt. You're up next, so. Okay. Well, first and foremost, I will be um, conducting the Michael Pittman Jr. hype train. <laughs> and might I say, with the Paris Campbell injury, Marty, is it, uh, is it, how long is it? Is it the full year indefinitely? Can you? It's a, so no, uh, so no timetable on that one. We'll say no timetable. Let's just, let's just ballpark eight weeks. And to that I say, first and foremost, quick and healthy recovery. Ohio State Buckeye, great player. Yes. Love the bus. But all aboard! <laughs> the Michael Hoopman Jr. train. And with that segue, with that small ounce of passion, I will move into my start of the week. That, my dear friends, is Tyler Higby. Big beast. Five for five, 54 yards, and three touchdowns. The trifecta, some would say. What kind of game, Skeet? Can you give me? Can you? Would you? What would you describe a game like that? Can you give me one word, please. Probably devastating if he's on your bench, right, Matt? <laughs> yes, absolutely. But <laughs> dang you! Let's go with something else, more positive. Uh, Try again. Dominant, dominant. Oh, lucky! I don't know. One of those two, probably. Okay, how about you, Marty? Let's go. Let's go to Marty. I he's having so much. He's having so much fun laughing in my behalf. I would be efficient. very good, Efficient, Michael. Give me one word. Playing the Eagles. 
Okay, Nick. You guys are very fun. We play. I, we play. I play. We play. We play. I play a game for fifteen minutes over Joe Mix. We can't get one good word here. Uh, what do you want us to say? Yeah, right, just give me one word, Nick. One word. Outstanding. I loved it. Okay, and I'll give Can you. Can you do it again, though? That is, no. and then, and that, my friends, is a unicorn game. <laughs> he is the unicorn. And you know what I say to the to the, the footballs? Chase the unicorn. It's obtainable. It's twelve personnel. We saw every reason as to why he was. I'm and I, I might be a bit off here, but the number six tight end in fantasy for the back half of the year, and he just replicated his entire his entire touchdown count in one game. So I'm buying, and he's playing this week. And my start of the week is, dang it, I didn't start Calvin Ridley last week, and I'm not gonna, and I'm, I'm not gonna be a man of my word this week. Matt, would yeah. you have bench have outscored your starters last week? Would you have said? It's possible. Granted, I was, it was very much injury dependent, mind you. For those for those of you listening at home, Matt had CMC and Saquon in his lineup and sat Calvin Ridley and Tyler and Devontae and Devontae Adam and Devontae. Yeah. So it's yeah, a tough for, day for the young man. Tough day for Team Bolden. The fighting Boldens out there. And this talking about guys that I. God, Mark, please. Make I was saying our dynasty. No, it's our dynasty week, so obviously you would not get that team in a big draft. Just wanted to make well, sure. I'll, 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 I'll take that as a soft type up. I appreciate you. All right, Matt. Who's your, <laughs> but who's your going to the players that I sat and probably shouldn't have last week. My sit of the week, and I before I make this play um to the to the to the, the loyal followers, I would like to apologize for my sit take on Nicholas Chubb. Looking like Nicholas Claus for fantasy owners out there. Because <laughs> goodness gracious, I was That was wrong. a clown take. You know what? I stand by it, and I was wrong. I'm okay with it. I didn't hear a whole lot of protests last week, boys. There was That's no protest. Yeah. That one's on us, this, for this sure. This is the most negative Browns podcast of all time last week. So what <laughs> Cleveland boys. But I digress. My set of the week. Jerry Judy, wide receiver, Denver Broncos. So, through two games, 118 yards, eight receptions, 15 targets. Not really, in all intents and purposes, really not all that bad. Very talented player, 15th pick in the draft to the Denver Broncos. A lot of hype. I mean, great collegiate career at Alabama. And I, I, if I, and I know for a fact that Cortland Sutton, at the very least, was only a second-round pick. So the future really is pointing towards Jerry Judy, and it feels. And I feel like owners across these leagues are going to see, okay, Jeff Driscoll put together a decent game. Okay, it's official. Granted, Cortland Sutton was out week one. That this is the uh, this is the wide receiver one for the rest of the year. But to that, I say Jeff Driscoll, and I'm not going to say. He didn't put up a nice game that I genuinely respected because he absolutely did. But dang it, I don't trust the man all I, I don't trust the man for an extended period of time. And I would absolutely sit Jerry Judy 
if anybody is riding the hype train of thinking he's going to be the, uh, the cleared undefined wide receiver one, I'm not buying it. Noah Fant. Noah Fant, fantastic. And a fantastic game. And he actually might really might be the guy that's going to turn into the number one on this team. So I would – I'd sit Jerry Judy. It's going to be a fine game. It's going to be a nine-point game. It's not going to be that home run game that, that you think you're going to get in his first week as the true undefined wide receiver one for the Denver Broncos. Interesting take. I don't think I agree. I'll just say it. <laughs> well, let's hear it. Let's, let, let's debate a little bit, pal. Well, I, again, have the Bucks and Broncos as my highlight game, so I'll touch more on it later. Okay. It, it, it could bite you in the butt like last week, but you know, whatever. I'm here for it. it it's. Yeah. I, I we love the hot takes. I, I think it's fine, honestly. I, I think it's fine. I don't know who are they playing in? The, the Buccaneers, right? That, that oh, defense, have a decent defense. How many points did Michael Thomas have against the Buccaneers defense in week one? Well, so? How many points did Robbie Anderson have against the Buccaneers? Okay. LOL. All right, we're spiraling. We're spiraling. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> What do I know? I picked them up in fantasy this week. They're the best. All right. Um, so Drew and Nick are last, and they actually have conflicting start and sits. So uh, Drew's start is Stefan Diggs, and Nick's sit is Josh Allen. And I think oh yeah, I think you guys should probably address that together. I don't know who wants to start. Drew, I guess. go ahead, Nick. All right, yeah, Nick. No, Nick, Nick, go ahead. Okay. First of all. I'd like to apologize to all the viewers out there for my absence the last couple of weeks. Last week, my start of the week, Julian Edelman, my boy Jules, was shaded and disrespected by the other pals. And I was not here to defend him. And I apologize to all you viewers because you may have rightfully listened to some of these men. You know, as you should have. They're generally smart men, but last week they were not. Julian Edelman, what did he do? Oh, he only set a career best in receiving yards. No big deal. Anyways, I digress. Yeah. Josh okay. Allen this week. <laughs> Hot take that everyone else disagrees with me on. Josh Allen. He's going to be a top 10 quarterback for the year. He may even be a top five fantasy quarterback. But this week, he will not be a quarterback one. Four words. Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Aaron Donald, man amongst boys. Man amongst boys. I don't know if you guys have been watching the Rams these first two weeks. He literally makes 320-pound offensive linemen look like chicken tenders, just throwing them around out there. It's absurd. Man is an absolute beast. Absolutely. Throw around chicken tenders a lot. You know, sometimes things get crazy, Drew. Sometimes things get crazy. Anyways, the Rams are rated 7th in the NFL against fantasy quarterbacks through two weeks. And you might, you might say to yourself, well, that's not too great. I mean, they're top 10. But Josh Allen is ranked the number two overall fantasy quarterback right now. Well, that's why I would ask you, who has Josh Allen played against and who have the Rams played against? Josh Allen has played arguably the two worst defenses in the NFL in the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins through the first two weeks. The Rams have played against the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz were both preseason top 10 quarterbacks. And what did they do? They looked silly. Again, Aaron Donald. The man is a beast. 
I think Josh Allen's a good quarterback in fantasy. I'm not convinced he's a good quarterback in real life yet, and that is why I'm worried he's going to have a really bad week and not be a top-12 quarterback. So if you have a guy like Cam Newton or Aaron Rodgers or Ben Roethlisberger or even picking up Gardner Minshew off the waivers, I would smash that start. I know it's risky. I might be wrong, but we love the hot takes here on Fantasy Football Pals. Go Steelers. Take it away. Wow. Um, that was uh, that, that was warm. So I'm sweat. I am sweating over here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Josh Allen. Um, he's currently fifth in pass attempts, forty and a half per game. Uh, he's leading the league in passing yards, uh, just like we all predicted preseason, right? You guys all predicted that. I predicted that, of course. Um, he's fifth in yards per attempt, second in quarterback in uh, TD passes, and third in quarterback quarterback rating. Um, he has not played the best competition, but even if he hasn't played the best competition, and your argument is that they're going to lose to the Rams or get down early to the Rams, all that does is improve the game script for Josh Allen. Um, this is a, at the very least a volume play with a high rushing ceiling, with the possibility of a rushing touchdown and multiple passing touchdowns. Um, Which brings me to Stephon Diggs. Now, in full disclosure, I was joking earlier, I was not a big fan of this move for Stephon Diggs. I didn't love um, the move to Buffalo because I didn't think Josh Allen was capable of doing what he is doing this year. Um, I've changed my tune on that. Uh, Stefan Diggs is currently sixth in the league in targets at 22 targets. He's also currently, last week he led um, the league for wide receivers in team share of targets. 37% of all targets went to his way last week. And it's top 10 overall in all of fantasy for all players and targets. Um, we've always known he is a, a special player when given space to operate in a quarterback who's willing to throw the ball his way. Um, and based on the volume alone and his talent, I'm in for the rest of the season. And then even against a tough matchup this week, I'm in. So you're not concerned about Jalen Ramsey? <laughs> no. All right. No. fine. Let me ask you a question. Is there a world where both of you are right? Because I think there is a world. I, I actually agree there, with both there of could you. Be. I think sure. that I think Stefan Diggs is gonna get eleven, twelve targets, and I think Josh Allen is is not gonna look great. I, I think that can Josh Allen Josh Allen can finish as the number thirteen overall quarterback in fantasy this week, throwing two hundred ish yards and hundred and eighty of them could go to Stefan Diggs. Well, no. But <laughs> I, I think there's a there's a world where he throws one touchdown and one interception and hunt you know two hundred and fifty yards and he'll end yeah. with what sixteen points or something like that or yeah whatever. whatever I mean, Dak Prescott even in a game where they scored, I think it was seventeen points, he finished with seventeen fantasy points. Um, and I don't – I mean, Dak Prescott is a heck of a quarterback, for at least for fantasy purposes, but he doesn't have the rushing floor that Josh Allen does. So I mean, he had three rushing touchdowns last week, didn't he? Uh, don't remember. No, but that's two Nick. weeks – I'm talking two weeks ago. Nick, that was an that? anomaly. I, don't, I actually don't even don't – even, I don't want anyone to get upset. Don't even talk about it. Don't even talk about it. All right. I will talk about that in my game of the week. No, don't. Don't. Just, just move on. You guys are both right. Just move on to your – whatever. Just move on. I'll do my sit real quick, Nick, if you want. Yeah, good. 
Um, speaking of the Cowboys, my sit is uh, Michael Gallup. Um, being consistently outplayed by Amari Cooper and uh, Lamb right now, um, he's only on the field for 50% of snaps this season and accounts for only 11% of total targets uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. To put, that in, um, to put that in perspective, Amari Cooper is on the field 69% of the time and is getting 26%. And CeeDee Lamb is on the field 73% of the time and getting 17% of the targets. Uh, also, Dalton Schultz received 10 targets last week um, when compared to uh, 11 or 11% of the targets over the season for Gallup. Um, and then even you might think, oh, well, they have a positive matchup this week. Uh, they're just going to explode on offense, so it won't matter. So even in that offensive explosion that happened in the second half last week, he only accounted for five targets and two receptions in the whole game. Um, so despite the plus matchup, um, I'm out on Gallup until he can prove to me that he's better than a wide receiver three or four in terms of production. Um, and if he goes off this week, so be it. I'll play a, uh, a player with a better share in targets. I, I would say Michael Gallup is, what, the fifth or sixth offensive option on Dallas right now, right? Like we got CD and... Amari, you're both playing better. Zeke, yep. obviously. Schultz is looking better than Gallup right now. And then Dak obviously has his ability to make plays on his on his own. Dak yeah. threw to Schultz more last week than he did. He, he threw to Schultz twice as many times as he threw to Gallup last week. Not looking good. Not looking good. Yeah. All right, Nick, you got yeah. your last, last start of the week. All right, ending on a positive note, my start of the week is James Robinson, running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. This man, I, be, I you might want to fact check me. I was trying to look it up today, but I believe I heard he broke the record, the NFL record for most yards by an undrafted rookie in a season opener last week. He followed that up with rushing for over 100 yards last week. He did those, though, he had those two really good games against Tennessee and Indianapolis, who are both really, really solid defenses, especially up front. He is the undisputed number one in Jacksonville. There's no running back by committee. Everybody after Leonard Fournette got dropped was talking about Chris Thompson or Divino Zigbo or Raquel, Raquel, Raquel Armstead? Armstead. Armstead. You know, they're talking about all these other guys, and then lo and behold, the week before the season started, it got announced that James Robinson was a starting running back. I, I'm not even going to take credit for this because I just saw that and was like, oh, he might be a cheap waiver ad. Lucky for me, I added him for, like, no money at all on waivers, and it has paid off big time. This man is clearly the number one back in Jacksonville. He's very, very efficient. He's playing very well. He's getting work in the passing game now. And Chris Thompson has, has been pretty much non-existent, completely irrelevant. And I have no worries at all about about Armstead or Ozigbo once they come back. And uh, obviously with that juicy matchup against Miami this week, you smash James Robinson for a start, baby. Going to be a good flex play. Wow. 14th RB, 14th rated RB right now. Nick, I did fact check you, and you are correct. He did break the record for most uh, rushing yards from an uh, undrafted free agent. In his debut. For him. And it's a Thursday night play. I always love the Thursday night play, man. I mean, if, yeah. if, they, if they drop a dud, you have to stare at it until Sunday. But if you, you know, <laughs> oh, you get 15, dude. 20 points, you stare at it all Friday. And you're yep. like, 
So I love the Thursday night play. Big, big Thursday night play guy. So is he a confirmed undrafted rookie right now? Is he in his, is he in his rookie year? Yeah, he's an undrafted. Uh, yes. Yeah, undrafted. Yes. Okay, just making just making sure. We just had a conversation oh. about it. I, know, I was I was on mute. <laughs> Okay. Mute doesn't stop you from. I I, I I had a CD Lamb comment. I was going to interject on, but I feel that I missed my time. Yeah, yeah you, you missed your time. A minute or sorry, an hour and ten minutes into the the podcast here. Probably got fifteen more minutes if you're sticking around. We appreciate you live every Wednesday night, streaming on Twitch.tv backslash Fantasy Football Pals every Wednesday night, seven PM Eastern Standard Time. I think the last thing in our agenda is to get to the game breakdown. So we each pick a game. We highlight each week. We talk about players that we like, players that we don't like, and players to watch out for. And we also pick who wins. Uh, I think we have maybe some more notes from our sponsor before we get into it. Uh, So with that, we will kick it off to Drew with notes from our sponsors. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Just bringing it back to our sponsors today. Our our Podcast today is brought to you by uh, Nick's Skincare Regiment, the, uh, the most rig- rigorous regiment Nick has ever been a part of. Uh, we're also brought to you tonight by Masked Girlfriend's Vice Grip. Uh, Masked Girlfriend's Vice Grip, feel the squeeze. Um, we're also finally brought to us tonight by My Dating Life. Uh, here at Drew's Dating Life, we specialize in above-average first dates, followed by awkward texting and eventual disappointment. Uh, whether you are looking for difficulty sharing feelings, a crippling inability to finish, or closing yourself off so you don't get hurt again, we have all your dating needs. Uh, please call us at 669-699-6969 or send us a message at I'm not that sad at I really am.com. That's I'm not that sad at I really am.com. Thank you, Michael, and back to you. Thank you, Drew, for, that, for the, the word from our sponsors. We appreciate our sponsors here. We do. we do. We do. We do without great people over there at Drew's Dating Life. With, without you, we wouldn't be who we are. So. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, Dude, that's a lot of digits, man. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Matt, Matt, why I'd call you, that number. Matt, why don't you kick it off uh, here? I believe you're doing the Browns versus the Washington football team. Uh, so I'll let you take it away. Highlight game of the week. Well, Michael, you bet you're sweet. You know what I am. And with that being said, we're coming off a one and one Cleveland Browns and a one and one Washington football team. Um, Cleveland coming off of what was, for the most part, a pretty dominating performance, at least offensively. There wasn't much other other than a other than one Baker Mayfield interception. It was a pretty clean game across the board. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Dropping a 50 bomb on the Cincinnati Bengals and Washington. You know, they're just, they're really looking better than everybody thought they would. A nice week from, from Terry McLaurin. Peyton Barber definitely wasn't the, uh, the waiver ad you thought you were going to get coming off from a two touchdown game to a whopping 1.8. Point game. Uh, with that being said, a few players to watch. Um, I'm, I'm really, my, my eyes are on Odell Beckham here. I want to see if he's a play. I mean, he had a really nice game last week and again with a touchdown. I think it was about 17.4, 18 point fantasy PPR points. I want to see if they can keep him involved. 
Um, Baker looked relatively comfortable inside of that play-action offense, and granted, it's a, it's a very good defensive line in Washington, which could give them a little trouble. I'm really not sure. I know Jack Conklin didn't play last week. Um, I, I do have to do a little more research on his injury status, but with I, I believe Washington across has about four to five first-round picks on their defensive line alone, which proven was to be, which really was an Achilles heel for the Browns last year, trying to actually block some of these guys. So I, I want to see if the offensive line can keep it together and keep, kind of keep an open pocket. I mean, Baker, it was wide open all last week. So let, let's, let's watch that. Um, as much as we want to talk about, I don't know which running back. I, I don't expect the Browns running backs to do, drop another 50 bomb this week. Um, I've once upon a time on this show bet against Nick Chubb. And you know what, friends? I'm not going to do it today. I'm not doing it. So I'm going to say Nick Chubb's the running back to watch. Kareem's going to get his, but it's going to be an RB1 performance for Nick Chubb. And then a nice – And but Kareem, I think, will offer flex upside. Uh, looking at Washington, to be honest with you, Scary Terry is probably the only one that I think I'm very – that I'd be interested in starting for the most part. Um, now, granted, Denzel Ward really shut A.J. Green, AJ Green out. I'm sure he's going to be shadowing him most of the game, so – this could kind of be a um, this could be kind of a pit for him, but realistically, there's not a ton of options on this Washington offense that I'm overly excited about. I'm going to take the Browns. I'm going to go 24-17 in a game that makes me kind of cringe, but I'll take a two and one Browns team on this one. Wow, two and one! I can't even imagine. <laughs> I don't know. It feels good. It feels good. The two and one Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I like the sound of that. I like the sound of that. I hope you're right. Uh, all right, uh, Drew. Why don't you? Why don't you take the next one? Yeah, uh, Ravens at Chiefs. Uh, a slobber knocker, if there ever was one. Uh, perhaps most anticipated game in the NFL this season. Uh, massive fantasy implications for everybody. Um, so this is a really weird situation where you kind of have to start the main guys on the Chiefs. Uh, you're starting Mahomes, you're starting Tyree Kill, you're starting uh, uh, CEH, starting Travis Kelsey. Uh, but recognize that it's a tough matchup for a lot of those guys. Um, Ravens right now are in top are top five in the league in points allowed to the quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers so far this year. That's really tough. They have, however, struggled a little bit against tight ends, uh, bottom half of the league. So not like you're not starting Travis Kelsey anyway, um, but just know that that, that's a good matchup for him. Um, If you are leaning heavily on Chiefs players, which I am in my dynasty league, I have Mahomes, Tyree Kill, and Travis Kelsey. Um, You might look down uh, your lineup and see if you have a little bit more upside players that you can play um, because they could have a couple players that could have some down weeks. Um, as far as the Ravens go, um, the Chiefs are f- top five against wide receivers on defense, but bottom half against running backs and middle of the road against quarterbacks. Um, so you're starting um, Lamar. You're probably starting Hollywood. Um, the running backs are a little bit too running back by committee for me. I don't know who's going to have a good game there, so that's kind of scary. Um, I'm a little nervous about Hollywood. Um, it plays, plays into the strength of a decent defense, um, so I'm not all the way out. But if you have other options, that might be worth looking into. Um, so far, to me, anyway, the Ravens have looked like the best team in football. Um, I'll pick them to continue that. I have Ravens by four in this game. 
Ravens by four. That's going to be a great game. Monday night, right? Nick, who do you have yep, one in that man. game? Who do I have one in that game? Yeah. Oof, I haven't even thought about that, man. Off the cuff, I think I would lean Chiefs. Marty? I agree. I would lean Chiefs. In Kansas City. Home field advantage doesn't matter so much, but it's in Kansas City. Well, they have fans, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe just six teams of those fans. Yeah. I'm going to go Ravens with Drew. Uh, I think think that team is amazing. But also, that Monday night game, I'm playing Drew this week in Dynasty, so watching Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, I will hopefully have a lead by then. If I don't, then I just had an awful week anyways. But um, You would imagine so. Watching them go for 60 when I have a 60-point 60, 60 lead is going to be extremely tough. Uh, so we'll- Happy Monday night, Michael. It's going to be great. I promise. Yeah. We'll all be okay. Yeah, I'm gonna need, we'll all be over soon. I'm going to need some stiff drinks for that one. Okay. Uh, yeah. Marty, you got. Yeah, Marty, you got. So Drew kind of – Hit some of the favorites off the uh, out of the AFC side. So I'm going to hop over to the NFC side to two other favorites that could be potentially going to the Super Bowl. And I have Dallas at Seattle. Now, Seattle is off to a very hot 2 0 start, being led by Russell Wilson, who's looking like a madman out there. He's cooking, baby. He's cooking. Um,. And Dallas, who just pulled off a great comeback um, to beat Atlanta, winning 40-39 to last week off a last-second field goal by Greg the Lexer line. Um, and I think both of these teams are for sure favorites to get, for sure to get into the playoffs and, if not, possibly Super Bowl contenders coming out of the NFC. Um, I think the person to watch – I just mentioned his name, Russell Wilson, the guy like MVP caliber. He has thrown for nine touchdowns in his two games so far. Did you know he's only thrown 11 incompletions? He is 52 for 63. He's almost thrown as many, he almost has as many touchdowns as he does incompletions so far through two games. Absolutely insane. The guy is he is just genuinely a fantastic player. Like he's he so good. And it'll be amazing to see I mean you gotta imagine he can't keep up that pace forever, but I mean still it's exciting to watch. Um the player that I player I really like this week though is actually Zeke. So we touched off a little bit on it earlier. We mentioned that Dak had three rushing touchdowns last week. I think he had five rushes for a total of eight yards, and three of them ended up being touchdowns for Dak. You can't imagine he repeats it. that repeats itself. You got to imagine at least one, if not two, of those are falling towards Deke. I mean, granted, they're not very you know. Might not always be in the same situation, but I think Zeke should be getting a lot more of that work. Um, so I definitely prefer. I really like Zeke. Um, one of those I don't like Drew kind of hit up on this earlier. Mike Gallup. Um, obviously, I think Amari Cooper. He's standing out as the lead wide receiver there, and C.D. Lamb has been coming on really, really strong for a rookie. 
um, in terms of wide receiver. Dalton Schultz looking very good in his first um, start out there last week. Michael Gallup's really starting to kind of take a little bit of a back seat. And, I mean, and especially in that offense, there's so many mouths to feed. I think he's slowly falling down. So I'm not a big fan of him this week. Um, overall, though, it's at Seattle. Russell's looking insane. Seattle will win this game. Not a doubt. What's the, what's the score you got there, man? Oh, the score I got? Oh, jeez. We're going to go 31-21, Seattle. Wow, you wow. think Dallas are going to score 21 points? That's a tough one, Mark. So just, just to point out, though, Julian Edelman, you know, balled last week against Seattle. Nikhil Harry had a great game. And the week prior to that, Matt Ryan threw 450 yards. This Seattle passing defense does not look great. Mm-mm. Well, you really put me on the spot to score, so thanks, Dallas. <laughs> I, I guess I was more asking if you predicted a shootout. Or... Love it. That's my, my, my only thought, I actually have two two quick tiny thoughts, is one is I, I expect a little bit of touchdown, a, little, a few more touchdowns for the actual receiving core. I know Mark Cooper hasn't found the end zone yet, despite having a, a 200-yard game at this point. And as, Michael, as Marty kind of talked about and – who, who, who actually talked about Gallup as a set? Was that you, Drew? Okay. Sure. Well, just as a friendly, remind, just set up for the chat and the pals, is I will be, if I was conducting the hype train for Michael Pittman, I am flying the plane for CD Lynn. I'm all aboard. Join me. Join me. Okay, an amazing right. metaphor if there ever was one, Matt. <laughs> well done. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sky high. We're, we're in the cloud. There it is. Right there it is. All right, that's about it. All right. Nice. I, I really hope Julian Edelman doesn't have another good game because I can't hear Nick all year. I just can't do it. All right, Nick. <laughs> disrespect the all, all night. So all much disrespect. Night. My goodness. You own him in a, a dynasty league. Super Bowl league. MVP. And he's like 38. You own him in a dynasty league. All right, Nick. Who's your Who's your game of the week? My, <laughs> my game of the week, uh, like we talked about before, is the Buccaneers at the Broncos. Um, so just kind of reflecting on the weeks that each of these teams had last week, you know, the Bucks obviously got their first win with Tom Brady as their quarterback. They looked far better than they did week one. However, they were playing the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the fact of the matter is, guys, is, whether it's Tom's age or whether it's him not being used to the Bruce Arian system and offense yet, I don't know what exactly it is, but he doesn't look great. He is not the Tom of old. He's 43 years old. The man has lost a step, it appears. I think he's the 19th-ranked fantasy quarterback right now. He's a low-end QB, too. Um, I just really don't trust him to get the job done. Now, he does get Godwin back this week which really just kind of further confuses the wide receiver situation in Tampa Bay because, you know, you got Godwin now coming back, but then week one Godwin was playing and you had a guy like Scotty Miller go off, but then week two without Godwin, Scotty Miller disappeared. Mike Evans had the big game. So really like any of the offensive weapons, also OJ Howard had a big week one, didn't do anything week two. 
So really, if you're going to start anybody on this Tampa Bay offense, it's Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, even going with the running backs. Leonard Fournette had a huge week two, huge week two. But I still don't know if he is going to be the bona fide RB1. I still think they're going to work in Rojo. And LaShawn McCoy had, what, seven or eight targets? Like, the man is being used a ton in the passing game. So the running, the backfield in Tampa Bay also, you know, can uh, can be a little bit not certain right now. So, again, the only guys I'm starting in Tampa Bay are Godwin and Evans. Looking at the Broncos, though, I personally think I'd be curious to hear you guys' thoughts on this as well. I think the Broncos are the best 0-2 team in the league right now. They've played the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers very well. Both of those teams were assuming are going to be playoff teams uh, in the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And even though they've lost Drew Locke, even though Cortland Sutton is out for the year, Von Miller also out for the year, they've had a lot of key injuries, but they've played tough, man. And they still got a lot of studs. So I, this is where I'm going to disagree with you, Michael, with your action line. I think the, the Broncos are going to cover this spread. I still have them losing slightly. Um, I just think the injuries are a little too much for them. But look for Noah Fant and Jerry Judy. I'm also going to disagree with you, Matt. I think Jerry Judy's going to have a really good game in the absence of Cortland Sutton. A guy like K.J. Hamler, also look for him having a little bit of value this week. Um, but Melvin Gordon as well. He is also with with um, what's the other running back, Philip Lindsay. He's still out, so Melvin Gordon's value will still be there. The Broncos got enough to uh, to compete, man. I think it'll be a close one. I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos won, but I think they're still going to lose a close one, twenty seven to twenty four. Uh, Bucks are going to come out on top. Nick, I have to disagree with you on something. Yeah, what's up? So you think the Broncos are the best Owen two team? Yeah, I was going to actually talk about that. Here, here's a list. Real um, quick. Real quick. Real, sure. real quick. Uh, the Panthers, the Falcons, the Lions, the Vikings, the Eagles, the Giants, Jets, Dolphins, Broncos, Bengals, and Texans. Those are the 0 and 2 teams. Personally, I'm sorry. The Texans and the Go. Eagles, Texans and Eagles jump out at me. I, I, I don't think the Broncos are that good, but that's just me. Who jumps out at me is the. Atlanta Falcons, man. Like, I mean, maybe, maybe they can't. Maybe they can't stop me. But Fatty Ice is flicking for four fifty and upper three hundreds every game. I mean, it was. I mean, that was the most bizarre loss to the Cowboys I've ever seen. I mean, at the yeah. very least, I mean, am I am I, am I am I betting against Jeff Driscoll and Jerry Judy, or am I betting against Matt Ryan, Julio, Calvin? Our man, Russell Gage. No, you're, you're right. With, with Drew Locke being out, it definitely limits their upside. Um, I was kind of more – I wasn't factoring that in, you know, in the coming weeks. But I think down the stretch, we'll, we'll end up seeing the Broncos be pretty good. Falcons 0-2. I like that. I'm, the, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Matt. Falcons better. Yeah. Their offense has been spectacular. So, so yeah, I mean, defense just might be trash. I'm not sure. Nick, do you have the Broncos out, outright winning? No, no. I said they're going to lose 27-24. Oh, they're going to cover. Okay. But they'll cover the spread. Huh. If they score 24 points, that would be exciting. Uh, yeah, I can see it happening. Very cool. Okay. Uh, last one, which is mine. And then and then that's it. We'll do the sign-off. and 
get everyone on the road here. Uh, my game of the week that I highlighted was Las Vegas at New England. Las Vegas comes in as plus six underdog, which is pretty interesting. I mean, they are 2-0, and and they did just beat the New Orleans Saints. I mean, they have a really good team. So uh, it's pretty interesting. Plus six underdogs. I, I do have, I'm going to say outright that I do have the New England Patriots winning. But I could see I could see Las Vegas Raiders covering that. So, uh, you know, just a yeah. I don't know if I would be confident in them covering, but uh, it's a 1 p.m. Sunday kickoff time. Players to watch, Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards. Early in the season, it looks like both of them have have, have struggled a little bit. Uh, and I think I, – I don't know if that's whether due to lack of being able to get separation from the defense or just lack of trust that Derek Carr has in them. Darren Waller is a target machine. He is insane. I mean, he really is their passing offense. It's truly incredible how much they trust that man. I was watching the game. They would they Derek Carr would throw the ball to Darren Waller before he even had his break. I mean, they really trust this dude to catch the ball in traffic, in, in short yard situations, at the goal line. It, it's pretty incredible. Um, and and for for that matter. Derek Carr is another player to watch, too. He's had a nice start to the season. He's the QB 16. But he's also played uh, some some lesser teams. So it'll be interesting to see how he matches up against the New England, New England Patriots, right? They, the New England Patriots defense just gave up 35 points to the future MVP, Russell Wilson. So how will Derek Carr match up to Russell Wilson's performance? I think this will be a very good gauge to see if if Derek Carr can be a streaming option later in the year, not, not, not a QB one, but a streaming option, right? If he has a good matchup, you know, we'll be able to know because we'll be able to compare him to what Russell Wilson did. And I know that's a tough comparison no matter what, but when you're streaming players, you really want to find somebody who can crack the top 10. So I think, I think it's a fair uh, assessment. Really watch Derek Carr and how he responds to that New England defense. Uh, Players that I don't like, Sony, Michelle, James White, Condolences to James White and his family. Tough loss. Yes. Um, yes. Or really any of the Patriots running backs for that matter. Uh, Cam Newton is taking all of the goal line work. If you own a Patriots running back, you're screwed. Cam, they, they, just, they bring in the big boys. They play big man football. And they just have Cam Newton run the ball in the goal line. It, it worked most of the time. It didn't work at the very end of the la- uh, last week's game. Jamal Adams came in and stopped him. But there's no room for even a touchdown-dependent flex play just because there's Cam, it's, There's not enough receptions for them, and there's not enough goal line work for them. So I would just stay away. It doesn't look like that's changing anytime soon. I think because of the deal that they have Cam Newton on, he's not their franchise quarterback of just of yet. They're going to keep running the ball in the goal line. The guy's a, He's a big dude. They're going to keep doing it. Uh, lastly, the players that I do like, obviously you have your studs, Josh Jacobs, Cam Newton, Darren Waller, talked about him a little bit, but just start them all. I think Josh Jacobs is going to have actually a better game than last week. He had a solid game. I think he got like 16, 17 points, but I think he's going to have a bit, bit bounce back game. Uh, Jalen Richard, he scored the only touchdown, which was troubling, but he also did fumble the ball. So I think uh, John Gruden is going to know that he's playing a, uh, the New England Patriots. He's going to want to start the season 3-0. and He's going to trust Josh Jacobs to be that workhorse. I expect him to have a much better game this week. 
But lastly, the player, the two last players I do like, Julian Edelman, I really like him this week. Last week he recorded a career-high 179 yards on eight catches. His yards after catch is insane. And Jules is showing that he is crushing his ADP this year. I think that'll probably continue. I don't know if he'll break his career high again, but uh, I think he actually is becoming a, a viable flex option, especially because he got him so late, right? So he's crushing his ADP. Good for him. And lastly, Nikhil Harry. Last week, he only had 72 yards on eight catches. However, he did have a team high of 12 targets. I alluded to it earlier. Only four players had uh, more targets than him at the wide receiver. So the volume is there. The volume is absolutely there. I think Nikhil Harry is going to be one of those players that he's going to start being a viable flex option. Uh, I'm, I'm flexing him this week. So check in next week. If he drops four points, I will be troubled. I will be sad. And... We'll yeah. I think you're right, Michael. I think I think Nikhil Harry is still growing into himself. He's he's looked like a little bit of a rusty. I mean, he missed all of last year, right, with an injury uh, or most of last year. The, the first half, he he was there the last couple of games, but he actually uh, has amassed his his uh, I think catch total uh, this year. You know, his last year catch total this year, and, and right. I think that the two biggest things uh, is the targets, and, and secondly, there was a couple of plays last week where he took big shots on these slant routes. When the safety came down, he got he got hit pretty hard, and he was able to hold on to the ball. And I think the Patriots coaches, they have trouble trusting these young guys, right? That's why they like Jules so much. Yeah. And I think he's starting to earn – he's definitely earned Cam's trust as somebody he can just throw the ball to, but I think he's starting to earn the Patriots head co- uh, coaching staff's trust. The only problem with Nikhil Harry is he's not a yards-after-catch kind of guy, and he and – He's very, but he is a he's a touchdown dependent, right? Or not touchdown dependent, but he he can get that goal line work because he's such a big frame. So yeah. you know, it, it's two things to watch. Um, that's why he's he might slightly be a touchdown dependent flex. I don't know. We'll see. I'm starting this week. Report back. Feeling good. We'll see what happens. So it's funny that you're starting him this week because I don't think I'm starting Edelman this week. Isn't he that's your right. start? Oh no, he's not your start. Wait, what? <laughs> No, last week he was my start of the week, and I started him last week, and he went off. But this week, I don't think I'm going to start him. And it's interesting that you have Nikhil as your guy well, well, I, I did. I did read that um, the Raiders have had an easier time covering the Julian Edelman type uh, receivers. Yes, and had tr- more trouble covering the big, bigger body outside receivers like Nikhil Harry. So, uh, yeah, that could be that could be a thing. But I still like Julian Jul- Edelman. I think. I don't think that Raiders defense is anything too too scary. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I I think Joel will still produce. I just think Harry will have a better game, and then I'm I'm considering starting Slayton instead of Julian since Sterling Shepard and Saquon are out. So I think Slayton's going to have a big game. So that's kind of where I'm at. But okay. interesting, I, I like the Harry pick. All right, um, Patriots win. I you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna say it. I think the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't think they cover. I think the I think the Patriots plus six or minus wow. six. I think yeah. I don't think the Raiders cover it. Okay. I think wow. that's about it. Uh, does anybody have any final thoughts, words? Have a great fantasy week. Yeah. Good luck, everybody. Go Browns. Go CD Lamb. <laughs> yes, everyone have a great fantasy week. Thank you for listening. 
live on Twitch every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, twitch.tv backslash fantasy football pals. We're also on Instagram at pals fantasy football. Give us a follow. We'll be here next Wednesday. Let me know.